The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to The Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like the show, then please subscribe to the show. We drop a new episode every week. We want to be sure you are notified. Before we get too deep into it, I want to give a big shout out to the West Olympia Rotary. West Olympia Rotary. They chose Family Education and Support Services to be their beneficiaries of the Dueling Pianos event this Friday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there. I'll I'll see you Friday. Difficult topic that we're talking about today. Infertility. It can be so incredibly heartbreaking and painful. And while people can have all different types of advice, no one really truly knows your experience. So often we get caught up in the medical side of this issue that we forget about the emotional side, the trauma that comes with it all. Well, today I'm speaking with Alicia Ferris of Simple Joy Counseling. You can learn more about Alicia's work by going to simplejoycounseling.com. Alicia is a therapist that specializes in this very issue. It's also something that she has struggled with and dealt with personally. Let's get into it. And it's, it's one of those things where once you're going through it, when you do confide in some people, you're surprised to hear that they've been going through it too, or they, they went through it a few years ago and you had no idea. Um, So there's, it is really common, you know, it's one in eight and you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily know how many people around you are are going through similar or have gone through similar experiences because it's it's just not talked about. You know, I've had a lot of friends that have had miscarriage or at least several, and I don't know what that's like, obviously, but I imagine there's multiple types of grief that you have to deal with. There's the grief of losing the child, but also the grief of what you thought your life would be or so many uh- things. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it's difficult because for for some people um their infertility journey is in part a uh, recurrent loss. And so the other piece is that when there's more than one pregnancy loss, that grief can pile on top of each other. Um for some when they are finally um able to uh, successfully conceive and they have a healthy baby, then it really helps with the healing process. Uh, but that loss never really goes away. It really stays with you in this life uh, that was never um, lived or uh, just this experience of, of constantly doing everything that you can only to have it not work. Um, so it, it, there's just so many layers to a loss like that and and people around you don't often know how to respond unlike losing you know someone in your in your life a family member or friend um when it's when it's miscarriage or pregnancy loss uh 
people are, are nervous to, to talk to you about it. If they know about it, they don't know what to say. Um, they don't want to say the wrong thing. And, uh, and we don't always share that we've had that loss. So again, we're going through this really significant grief and no one around us knows. Yeah, well, it, it is an awkward thing because it's like, what do you say to someone? And I imagine people give unsolicited advice sometimes or share ideas and that's maybe not the right thing to say or. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, uh, the unsolicited advice around infertility in general uh, is a lot. You, I think that that's probably the most common thing. Um, that I theme that I hear with infertility is all the things that people say to them, which sometimes people keeps people, um, again, from, from confide, confiding in those around them and relying on their support system because they hear things like, um, it's okay. It's going to be fine. You're going to be a, you're going to be a mom or you're going to be a parent someday. This is, um, this is just, you know, a short-term thing. And, and, um, it's not for everybody. Some people can go through infertility for years and years, um, sometimes a, a decade of it. And, and it's this kind of relentless um, thing that we have to persevere through. And so to hear some of those statements of, oh, you'll get pregnant. Or, I know somebody that struggled with infertility and they got pregnant. So you're going to be fine. Um, just is really, really invalidating. Yeah, no, invalidating was the word I was thinking of as you were talking of, you're trying to be supportive, but then it's like, well, maybe it won't be okay, or who knows, you know, like you don't necessarily know. Is there an alternative? What should people say instead of that? Yeah, I think just, um, just simply saying, I'm so, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Like I, you can say that you, you can't imagine what that would be like and, and that you're there for that person to listen if they ever need someone to talk to and, and then simply do that, be that person that listens instead of offering, um, you know, solutions or, uh, you know, asking a bunch of medical questions about it, because part of the problem is that, you know, anytime you confide in, in someone and start talking about the things that are going on, it's, um, you have to explain, <laughs> you have to explain all of these things of what, you know, infertility treatment is about, um, all the things associated with, you know, whatever's going on with you that's causing it, if you even know. Um, and it takes away from the emotional support that we're really seeking in that moment. So, so truly just showing up, seeing that person, helping them feel seen and heard um, and cared about. And then reaching out and not saying, hey, are you pregnant yet? Um, but simply saying, you know, you're in my thoughts. Or I know that you're having a procedure around this time, or I know that you just went through a procedure because you'd mentioned that. And I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking of you. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, holding hope for you or I'm holding space for you. And if you ever um, want to chat or if you want to get together and just not talk about any of that, let's, let's do that. That seems like good general grief advice too. Absolutely. I mean, really good general hardship advice um, because our experiences, although they may be similar, um, are never the same. I know this issue is really personal for you. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Yeah. So uh, I wanted to be a mom for 10 years. <laughs> My 
my sister had um, twins and uh, they were the first time I think I realized truly that I wanted to be a mother, that I wanted to have what my sister had with them. Um, and, you know, the bond that I had with, the, with the girl, uh, with the twins as well. And it, it did, just didn't happen in this, in the way that it often happened for everyone else around me, you know, everyone would, um, say, okay, you know, we're going to start trying and, you know, in short order, uh, you know, they'd have families and, um, our, my friend's kids were all growing up and, and I wasn't having that experience. And, um, and eventually I, it moved through to fertility treatment. We did two full years of, um, fertility treatment. So we did, um, three, uh, IUIs, which is essentially, um, you know, trying to make the pro natural process happen in a, a hospital room instead. <laughs> and then, uh, we had, uh, four tries of, of IVF. Um, and that is where they literally take the egg out of you, uh, through a surgical procedure. And, um, and then in a, you know, a Petri dish, they put the egg into, or the sperm into the egg and fertilize it there. Um, and then if it's successful and you have embryos, then they transfer those a few days later. Um, and we weren't successful with any of those. And, and all of these cycles take an immense amount of yourself, your life, your money, your yeah. uh, relationship. I, I, one of those years, my husband and I counted how many shots, uh, hormone shots, you know, um, we had to, to inject in my body and it was 97, you know, like it's intense. And when you're, uh, you have an aversion to needles in the first place, those, those can be intense and you're, you're constantly having to take off work and, and unexpected. You can't plan for these, uh, these appointments, they happen when it's working in your cycle to happen and it's all very unpredictable. So, um, it just takes a lot. And, uh, we were unsuccessful with, with all of it. And, um, how much do you think you spent during that time? Uh, price of a small home, <laughs> a yeah. lot, yeah. a lot. Um, I think it was a little bit, uh, little bit less for those first two years than that. Then we, then we ended up, um, deciding to go forward with embryo donation. And so we had some additional expenses with that, um, to eventually be able to successfully have a family. Um, but that was a process too. You go on these year long wait lists and, um, and just coming to terms with the fact that you can't produce a child that's genetically your own. Um, you know, some people do, uh, egg donors or sperm donors. And, um, for us, uh, we had unexplained infertility or undiagnosed infertility. And so, um, we didn't know what the cause was. So it made more sense to go the route of embryo donation. And so you have children now. I do. I have two beautiful girls. Um, one is, uh, just five months old now, and the other one is, uh, two and a half. Oh, congrats on the new child. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just, every moment, um, after such a long journey and everything we went through every moment, I'm just so grateful for. Well, going through that whole process sounds very stressful too. Yeah. And 
when people are stressed, they get irritable. And so how do you keep from lashing out at your partner or taking out the stress on them? Are there any good thoughts or ideas around that? Oh, that's such a great question. Yeah. I mean, there's the stress of what you're going through, but then there's also all of the hormones. <laughs> so, um, so that's real, you know, think about the hormones that you experience during pregnancy. Um, it's, it's a lot like that. Um, and, and yeah, that can result in, in impacts on your relationship and, um, and your partner is often going through, uh, their own personal experience with this that may be different than your own as well. So supporting each other through that sometimes can get tricky. Um, so I think the most important thing is to have a, a bigger support system, mm -hmm. definitely bigger than just your partner. Um, uh, if you're going through this with a partner, there, there's some that choose to go through this, um, and be a single mother by choice, but, uh, yeah, broadening that natural support system, reaching out to friends, reaching out to family, um, and being very clear about the type of support that you need. Um, saying, hey, I really appreciate uh, what you're offering in terms of solutions, but what I really need is your, your ear right now, or what I really need is just a hug, or what I really need is just, um, you know, someone to be able to spend some time with right now so that I'm not thinking about uh, what's going on, but understands that I'm not gonna be happy and cheerful. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be happy all the time or be any type of way. I think when you're reaching out to friends too, sometimes you can feel like, oh, I'm being a burden, or I've had times where I'm really going through something and just need to talk to a lot of people. And someone said to me, well, just spread it out, like talk to get all the support you can. And if you feel like you're burdening one person, hit someone else up or, you know, maybe get a therapist or something, or there's lots of ways to get support. And often we're more concerned about those things that are the actual reality. <laughs> but if it, if it helps you to, um, to get more support by, by having more people to talk to, then that's absolutely helpful. I think a therapist can also offer a very different kind of support than any of your friends or family members can in that they don't have an investment in the outcome, um, you know, so they're that objective party, uh, but also they have, if there's someone that specializes in infertility and in reproductive health, then they have an understanding of this um, that can be really, really helpful, very validating, but also um, educational and informative uh, to be able to get through these experiences because they are unique. And, um, and then the skills and tools to be able to handle this stuff in a way um, that's less impactful than it needs to be. So really taking a look at the things that you're saying to yourself about your situation um, and about yourself and your body and all of those things and asking, you know, are, are these things realistic? Are they helpful? Are they accurate? Um, if not, how can we change them or tweak them a little bit so that they're more helpful and, um, and help ground us rather than, um, you know, cause more stress and, and more emotional pain. And a therapist can really guide us through that process um, that can help these things be a part of our life, a journey that we have to walk through uh, and not something that's traumatic or devastating to go through. 
there's always all those lies you can tell yourself of like, I'm bad, or there's something wrong with me. And being able to approach those honestly can be really tough sometimes. Absolutely. And there's, you know, these expectations we have of ourselves, um, you know, as women to be able to, to get pregnant or as men to be able to, to help our partners get pregnant, um, that we kind of end up having to confront an infertility in a way where it kind of turns into this shame thing. And, and, you know, as Brene Brown would say, there's nothing good in that, <laughs> you know, that's only, um, going to cause, you know, more harm than good. And, so, so taking a look at those very understandable and natural thoughts and, and working with them in a way that um, let, lets us get through this process with more grace, more compassion, more self-compassion. Yeah. I imagine once you eventually do get pregnant, or if you do, there might be the feeling that the other shoe is going to drop, or it's hard to really trust things when you've gone through it before. Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember the first time I got pregnant, I was very skeptical. Um, it was our uh, first uh, embryo donation transfer and, um, and it worked for a minute and then it didn't. And, um, you know, it's, it's those, those experiences, especially if you go through recurrent pregnancy loss, those experiences build upon each other. But even if you've just it's taken so much to even get pregnant in the first place. It's hard to trust those results. Um, the second time when the doctors were like, yep, this, this time, you know, all the hormone levels look great. This, you know, this is a successful transfer. I just, um, you know, my husband was hugging me and crying and I, I couldn't, I couldn't have faith in it. Like I literally was like, okay, and can we go to the pharmacy and just get a pregnancy test? Cause I need to see something like someone just telling me over the phone, like maybe they mixed up the results and this is someone else's good news, you know, and not mine. Um, and every, excuse me, every stage along the way, um, you hope that you can get to that happy baby, happy, healthy baby at the end, but you, you don't know that it's gonna, um, result in that. And so those pregnancies, although amazing, if it took so long to get there, um, can be this like back and forth of like anxiety and, um, relief and, you know, excitement, but apprehension. And so it's its own kind of mind game <laughs> that you end up having to go through, um, even though it's a, a joyous time. How do you keep going through all that? Uh, for me personally, I used all of my tools in my toolbox, all the education and, you know, experience and, um, and everything that I've gained as a therapist, um, which primarily at the end of the day boils down into being present. You know, there's a common, um, quote that I hear around, uh, well-being that's if you're worrying about the past or thinking about the past. And then it, you know, that can lead to depression. If you're worried about what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen next. And that's anxiety, you know, well-being truly only is in the present. So each day I would say, I'm still pregnant today, as far as I know. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to find joy in that and being grateful for the moment that you're in sometimes is really difficult 
but you can at least stay present. I'm here now. And at this moment with what I know now, you know, I'm okay. Well, I've known you for years and I'm just, I'm excited about the feature of this practice and I'm just happy to know you as a friend. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alicia, for just being so open and real with us. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next week. Peace.